an action word, oppress. You know, when you look at the word oppress, the first things that show is to be crushed, C-R-U-S-H, to be crushed, to burden. That's another part of the definition of oppress, to burden with abusive authority towards someone or towards a group of people. And do you know that being oppressed can lead to a fatal situation in your life and my life? And I'm not just referring to what's happening in today's world stage. I'm referring to everything that deals with the thought of oppressing others. And we are all guilty of it, one time or another. People may call it or define it as bullying or as trying to uh, inflict or crush someone with you thinking that you are over them with authority, even though you may be a supervisor, even though you may be a, a director of someone that you're over. But when you deal with situations like that, where you feel that oppression is part of your arsenal of tools to have control over everyone. I, I tell you this, those people, if they don't have Jesus to call out to, they definitely will feel crushed, will definitely feel crushed. So tonight, I want to share with you a couple of things that I have shared before, before we go into the message. You heard from the, from up here just a few minutes ago, what is happening, okay? What is happening right now again in the world stage. And I share with you many times of the oppression that we received when I came from the country I was born in Cuba, okay? I am an American citizen now, naturalized citizen. But I tell you what, the oppression that came upon us as my mother explained it because I was only seven years old. The new form of government started taking over. They came and told my mother and father, and you've heard this before from up here, but I think it's worth repeating. Your house is no longer your house. Now the house belongs to the government, to the new regime. Your business is no longer your business. Now your business belongs to the government. And then the last part of that, they said to my parents, as they told me, as I was get, you know, getting older in age, now it all belongs to us and you work for us. And they plug in there at the very end for the good of the government. You believe that? So the crush, the crush and the burden that my parents must have felt must have been just unbelievable. I'll give you another example. As a young child in the elementary school in Miami, if you remember, I told the story many times and I was always very tall, very tall like I am now. I tower over 
most all of the teachers at the school i tower over the principal and the assistant principal at this elementary school miami where i was at but there were two brothers that you can call them bullies well they were great oppressors because all they would do is oppress others for what reason i would always ask myself and then every once in a while my dad and my mom would explain to me because I would come home crying because they were oppressing me quite a bit, bullying me quite a bit. And they would say, sometimes people that think they have power over others, they think it's okay to crush them, to crush them, their spirit. And that's part of the definition of oppressed. Oppressing someone is to crush them, crush them spiritually, and mentally and that's what was happening to me and not only me several of us that never bother anyone and I know you're gonna say well Pastor Pete that happens to every child growing up in the elementary and junior high middle school level and even in high school and even at a job today when there's a group of people could be like these two brothers back then that I never forget about them or it could be about a boss that you have, or even a co-worker, that they feel for them to get their point across and for, or for them to get favoritism or people thinking that they are the best, they need to crush someone. They need to oppress them. And that's the way I felt when I was growing up. I felt that these two brothers were constantly oppressing me, bullying me, and making me feel so small and insignificant in front of others in the school site and even in front of kids in the classroom and the teachers. And some teachers did not know how to handle that. So that always stayed in my heart that I was would always do my best to battle those not them, but their actions of oppression towards others. And this could even happen in churches. It could happen in your business where you work at. It could even happen uh, within your family. There, there always has to be someone that feels that they may have something over you because they may have the authority and title. That's why titles are not that important to me. Yes, it's wonderful to be called a pastor, to be called a chaplain, whatever, but titles of not, are not important if that which is being said about you is not lifting others up. So the title of this message tonight, and I guess you guessed it already, is titled The Great Oppressor. The Great Oppressor. And if you could, let's just jump to Ecclesiastes, right away, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 1. And the way the Holy Spirit gave me this message to be built on, to stand on, is to understand how an oppressive state of mind can be destructive, just like I mentioned in the beginning, and can be fatal. Not only for nations, but 
for individuals, for families. Ecclesiastic chapter 4, verse 1, <clears throat> the Word of God says, Then I return and consider all the oppression that is done under the sun. This is happening today. And do you know oppression will continue happening until God comes and delivers us from this world? And look, the tears of the oppressed, but they have no comforter on the side of their oppressors. This is power, but they have no comforter. Okay? So the important points here is, here we see King Solomon. He's the one that's speaking here. Thought of painful and tear-filled lives of the oppressed. Oppression comes in many forms, as a lot of us understand. Some of us, as I mentioned, call it bullying someone, belittling someone, crushing someone spiritually and mentally. <clears throat> Again, for what reason? A lot of times, therapists, psychologists, and psychiatrists have said it's because that person may feel in, actually inferior to the person that they're trying to crush. They may feel an insecurity against that person that they're trying to crush. So oppression comes in many forms. Satan is the greatest amongst all oppressors. Satan is the greatest among all oppressors. He will use any tools in his dark arsenal to conquer destroy and kill humanity. This is Satan and his buddies. They will use any tools <clears throat> excuse me, to bring that oppression state, oppressive state of mind to individuals. That it's almost like walking around, like if you were walking around with a dark cloud over you and you feel that there's no deliverance upon your life, upon your soul. He will use, uh, the enemy will use the drunken husband to give him the power to oppress his wife and children. Many times they feel no escape if Christ is not part of their lives. You hear this a lot. Husbands oppressing their wives and and, 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 and people feel that there's no escape. The wives sometimes feel there's no escape. And again, there could be so many reasons why that person takes the role of an oppressor against his own family, against the one he married, against the children that his wife gave him. Many have died at the hands of the oppressors, the great oppressors. And you know, we, we, have read, we have read so much about oppression in the Bible because there were many, many characters in the Bibles that were also great oppressors. Great oppressors. Not only King Nebuchadnezzar, but so many of them. Think about Goliath. How he oppressed so many because he thought he was the king of the mountains being the tough Philistine. Okay? So oppression, oppression has always existed. This is nothing new that we're seeing in the world stage. 
where a leader feels that because long, long time ago, part of the country that was divided and set free, he wants to conquer back and reunite, just like other leaders in the world that are oppressing or trying to oppress places like Taiwan, okay? And North Korea oppressing other nations and throwing nuclear warheads as they practice out in the open sea close to Japan and other places, trying to bring again that fear of oppression, that crushing of, of, of whatever is in the person's heart and the way they live in peace, that it crushes their peace. It crushes their, their well-being. That's how much power this word oppression has and it can have on people's lives. But yet the common denominator is if they know Jesus, they are free from this oppression. You've got to have Jesus in your life. That's why we have to continue, as it was said a few minutes ago, we have to continue praying for the people in Ukraine. We have to continue praying for all those people all over the world that today are still being oppressed Amen. by those leaders that are fanatical, abusive, and think that they're all powerful. And this has always existed, church. This has always existed. The great oppressor can be defined as a man of violence, a man of great manipulation. You don't find that in the character of Jesus Christ. You never see that character trait of Jesus Christ. Great manipulation, a man of great Great deceit, lying. Well, that's what the Castro brothers did with a great part of the population in Cuba back in 58 and 59. When they promised the farmers and they promised other people in the country of all the eight provinces that they were going to make things better. But all they did was start it out with oppressing others. Do you know, I don't think you do know, I found out through my parents, that back then, at first when they took power, if they would come across anyone, a Cuban, that was against their beliefs, not only did they oppress them, but they would take them into the mountains, far away from no one be able to see what was going on, and they would stand them up in a line, like you remember, if any of you remember the great Valentine massacre, as, as they sprayed people with machine guns. And when my father told me this, that he had several friends of his gunned down that way because of the fact that they would not come along with the beliefs of the new government. My own uncle that I mentioned from the pulpit before was suppressed, was crushed, and was imprisoned for over 23 years as a political prisoner because he stood up against the Castro regime. 
when he was released from prison, that was most deplorable prisons considered all over the world, and they still are in Cuba. He died of cancer a year later. Because many times to survive, and you heard it from the pulpit, he had to drink his own urine to survive. Because they would punish him, crush him, and oppress him. If you ever said a word against that form of government. If you could, go to Proverbs chapter 3. Verse 31 through 35. And thinking again about the oppression, the intimidation coming off of these people that feel that this is the way to lead by crushing others. Do not envy the oppressor and choose none of his ways. For the perverse person is an abomination to the Lord. You know God is not happy with what's happening right now in the world stage. But his secret counsel is with the upright. The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the just. Surely he scorns the scornful, but gives grace to the humble. The wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be on the legacy of fools. Fools. And I'm talking about generation to generation. These people that have oppressed others, it's going to fall upon their, their children. It's going to fall upon their children's children, and so on, until that chain, that crushing blow to their spirit and life is broken by asking for forgiveness from God, because it will continue over and over again. The oppression will never die if Jesus is not in the picture and you and I can pray to him to ask for deliverance. Important points, many times folks will go along with the oppressor because they fear him or her greatly and rather serve him or her than God. Their excuse is, well, I must have stayed, I, want, I must stay alive to care for my children and wife, these folks will become the spies of spy, uh, the spies to spy on others for the great oppressor. An example is that my parents share with me. I didn't even know, and I mentioned from the pulpit before. And again, it's worth repeating. In many of the communities, and just looking at where I was born in Havana, okay. They had these people that were spies for the government. Do you know that still exists today? <laughs> it exists all over the world. Do you know during the Nazi regime, there were Israelis, Hebrews, so that they could get taken care of by the Gestapo and by Hitler's upper command, they would spy and turn in their own people. This has always existed. Always existed. So in Cuba, 
And these communities, they had the spies that would tell on the community members, the homeowners, the people that lived there, if they, if they saw anything, that it was not just to lift up the communist regime, the socialist regime. With communism comes oppression. With socialism comes oppression. They don't want you to think that, but it does. It does, because anything that takes away from yours and mine freedom to be able to worship our Lord Jesus Christ is an oppression towards us and that person. It's a crushing blow if we're not allowed to worship our Lord. And it's been said, been said from up here in the pulpit, some churches still to today in the Middle East, in China, in Cuba, in North, in North Korea, they have to hide. And if they cash him, if the oppressors catch these people, it's fatal. They can have them killed. There's no second chance. Not only do they take away their Bibles, if they find them with any words of Christ, but they crush them and they kill them, and sometimes before their loved ones. And if we're not careful, the great oppressor, Satan, will continue marching forward and using his cronies to try to oppress us even in a church setting. And I'm going to go deeper into that in a couple of minutes. So we constantly have to stay prayerful. We constantly have to take each other's burdens. Like I brought the word three weeks ago that we need to carry each other's burdens because the oppression sometimes can be overwhelming that a person is feeling. So, I witnessed something that came to me, and this is when I was in my last days before I retired at the school where I was at. Sometimes I was the acting principal when the principal wasn't there because of my experience and my years of experience and my degrees and all that. Um, she would be training other people off campus, she would be elsewhere, and sometimes she would be gone for quite a long time. So I was the acting principal, second in command. And I remember one time she came into town unannounced from a place that she was training up north, Florida, and she witnessed what I had put together. And she brought me into her office after all the parents were dismissed. It was an open house event. And I had put something together and invited some vendors to try to speak to the parents of children that needed help. And they were creating programs after school. And the county was picking up the cost, the tab. Well, that principal brought me in to her office and con continue crushing me and oppressing me and bullying me and saying things to me. How disappointed she was in me. And I know it was the Holy Spirit that kept me at peace. Because I knew who I belonged to and I knew who I was. And she claimed 
to have been a believer. And here this person is crushing me, bullying me and oppressing me. And all I said to her to answer her, because she was waiting for me to say something. I said, I will pray for you. And she could not believe that, that I had answered that way, like saying, who are you to say that you're gonna pray for me? And so she said this to me, I have to tell you a little story, Mr. Cassis. I was trained by a great principal many, many years ago. And she told me, you lead by using power towards others to get them to conform, to get them to agree to whatever you're trying to sell your bill of goods or whatever. She told me this. And I, with the courage of God, responded, I feel so sad that that was your mentor because to me, that's someone that probably was the most insecure principal, an insecure leader, because you don't oppress people at a church site, at a business, at a corporation, at a school, or anywhere to gain respect from them. That's no respect, that's fear, that's fear. And these leaders in the world stage that are oppressing their countrymen, are oppressing other nations. <laughs> Watch out. Watch out. Because God's, God is their judge too. And God will take care of business in his due time. Okay? Many may, may lose their lives before that. But So church, there have been many who have come through the doors of Potter's House of Coral Springs. Many, and I have met many, and I have ministered to many that have walked in with a spirit of oppression. And they ha I have sat down with them after service, and not only me, I know a lot of you here have done this, because I, I watch and listen a lot. Don't think because I'm not up here all the time, that I don't watch and listen to what goes on in our wonderful, blessed church, okay? But there have been people that have come here so oppressed, and I brought one of them one time, and if you remember, we prayed over him, because he understood that he was being oppressed so deeply, so harshly by the great oppressor, Satan, Okay? But I tell you, I kid you not, some of these folks spoke to me, maybe after service that day, after we said goodbye to one another, or maybe the following Sunday, and they said to me, I feel that 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 was crushing me has been lifted off of me. Because your church your body of Christ, they were referring to you and I, prayed over me, lay hands on me, knew that this oppression could be lifted because Jesus Christ is greater than he that tries to destroy, conquer, and kill, right? That's Jesus. And, and, 
and, and that's why we got to continue praying for these people in today's world stage of all these oppressors that are destroying, taking, conquering. Uh, you know, you, you heard stories of these Ukrainian families. There have been over 86,000 Ukrainians that have 86 or 860, yeah, 800, over 860 some odd thousand Ukrainians that have fled the country. These people had a wonderful life of freedom. They have wonderful jobs, wonderful community life and church and family. And along comes the oppressor that's led by the filthiness and ugliness and brokenness of this world. To what? To destroy, to crush? And that's what they walk on. Well, like Fidel Castro and his brother would say, we're going to make things better for you. Can I tell you the truth? This happened when my father was able to bring us here in 1959. This happened over 53 years ago. And do you know that nothing has ever improved in Cuba. Did you know, and I think I told you from the pulpit, that when Fidel Castro <laughs> wanted to have <laughs> fancy chocolate from Sweden or Switzerland or cheese, he would send one of his preferred pilots in his private plane to fly, to bring it back to him. Yet his people, they still continue to starve. They still continue to deal with the black market in order for them to survive. Well, in the black market, you don't have to report anything to the government, but you have to do it secretly. This is in the country where I was born. Can you imagine if I was still there? I couldn't stand up here and speak this openly about that regime. I would have been in prison like my uncle was and probably left for dead for as long as they wanted for me uh, to do that to me. So these people that have stepped into Potter's House of Coral, Coral Springs, some of them came with fear in their hearts. You met some of them. A lot of you came alongside of them. You sat beside them. You prayed with them. But once they embrace the goodness of Jesus Christ through you and I, whoo, they were free. They were delivered. And that's what we always have to continue. Continue. They are released from all oppressive spirits. They do exist, church. Oppressive spirits can dwell and camp on your, your, your heart, your soul, if you allow it to. If you do not rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ and say, I belong to Christ, not to you. The darkness of the world. If you could go to James chapter 3. Three, three quarters of the way there. James chapter 3, verses 14 through 18. And the word of God says, But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, we see that all the time. Do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. Did you hear that? Demonic, evil, dark, 
crushing, crushed to the blow. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above, I love it, from above, from the heavens, from Christ who sits at the right hand of the Father, is first pure, then peaceful, gentle, willing to yield, to yield, yield, full of mercy. That's what, that describes Jesus to a point. And good fruits without partiality, without hypocrisy. Verse 18, now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So you always, you and I, always want to be remembered as peacemakers, of lovers of Christ, of those that bring love. But, 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 wait a minute. But they bring the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't be one of these preachers or person that always tries to, tries to always talk about something that is worthy to speak of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Their focus can be, and we, I've said it from the pulpit before, money, this, that. And then when you start looking at the common denominator, it deals with greed. It deals with how much can I pad my wallet or purse with? How many more shoes can I have in my closet? How many more purses? How many more this? How many more that? How many, maybe I can buy a different Rolex. So they feel special when they walk around others. And they may walk around right beside someone at the church that may be under so much oppression. And they don't even pay attention because sometimes we're all about ourselves. We're so caught up in the world. The world is broken, folks. The world's a liar. The world is broken and it's a liar. So how do we fight off the great oppressor. I mean, I told you about the great oppressor. You knew about the great oppressor. You call him the bully, the crusher of spirit. But how do we fight the great oppressor that can enter our lives, our homes, and the lives of our loved ones? The great oppressor can come into your home. You got to be careful. You may not like to hear what I'm about to say. Be vigilant. And ask God for wisdom, knowledge, and discernment. Pray over your family and friends. Very important. As a church, as a family of the church, or as your own family, when you gather with others at your home, make sure. Oh, this is so important. Make sure when you gather that what is brought up in conversation is always being given and guided by the Holy Spirit. Listen, there's nothing wrong with gathering. There's nothing wrong with having a study after or before service. But if, if the Holy Spirit is not in the midst of it all, you and whoever you're gathering with at their house or at a, at a hall or an event, if you don't usher in the Holy Spirit through your praise and worship, Guess who's sitting there in the room with you? Yeah. The great oppressor. 
And what will he do? He will try to confuse each and every one of those members that is gathering for the goodness of God, but they, 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 they don't even see it. Because he, he, he starts babbling at their ears and they start listening to stuff. And if you don't ask God for discernment and wisdom, you're not going to be able to differentiate between the truth and the fantasy. The good and the evil. Sunday from the pulpit was spoken. And now, in this world, not just in America, what's evil is good. And what's good now is evil. Oh my goodness, I never thought I would. That's like an oxymoron, which was said from the pulpit. I could not believe that. If you don't do what a great number of people that think it's okay to do, and you and I know in our hearts that does not have a place in Jesus, does not serve for the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ, Amen. they're worshiping the great oppressor. The one that lies, the one that cheats, the one that deceives, the one that kills, the one that will separate your family. The one that will destroy a church and cut it in half. What do you think the Apostle Paul always had to stay on top of his game with things that were happening in the church of Corinth and Ephesus and other churches? He had to stay because he was a true believer in the gospel of Christ. And he knew, he knew these churches that he birthed that he had to come back and he had to have his, his wonderful son Timothy and others to come and let them know and let the congregation what you're doing is wrong. You see this in the book of Revelation of the churches that are going to be right with God and the ones that are going to be wrong, are going to be wrong with God. So worry first about your heart. And what does Jesus see when he looks at your heart? What does he see in you? What does he see in me? I'm not speaking to judge you. Amen. We're all together. We are all together in this. So we got to stand together to fight the great oppressor. Amen. Especially when you see someone that's being oppressed in, in front of your own eyes. Amen. The great oppressor can come into our homes and bring confusion. And bring also worldly pleasantries. Almost sounding like a, and no offense against anyone sitting in the room that's a salesperson. Almost sounding like a salesperson. I know when I say that, a lot of people, wait a minute, not all salespeople are like that. It's when I say anything about counsel, you know, counsel's attorneys, some of them will say, wait a minute, I'm not that kind of an attorney. You, you heard the joke, and I'm not going to say it because it's a little bit degrading. But do not assemble for the sake of self, but assemble and fellowship for the sake, grace, and mercy of Jesus. So if you know people are assembling, family members, friends, people from this body of Christ, pray for them. Let them know to assemble. But assemble because they're assembling for Christ. Amen. There should never be a division between whoever assembles and the church of God. Never. Because we're supposed to be together. 
We're supposed to lift each other up. And, 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 and what? And we're supposed to strengthen the body of Christ. Not divide the body of Christ. I met a few that have come through these doors. They're no longer here. <laughs> they didn't know who they were dealing with when they tried to bring a division between the men's group and me and the senior pastor of this church. You think I was going to stay quiet and not say a word and not speak up? Shame on me if I would have done so. But I gently said this to them one time. Maybe we're not the right fit for you. Boy, did that confuse the heck out of them. Amen. So what? Amen. So what? You fight for God. You fight for what you believe in, you and I. You fight for your senior pastor. You fight for this body. Amen. Amen. Even to the death. Even to the death. Because if, if you don't, how can you one day face God? What do you think he's going to say to you and I? He's going to say, hey, Pete, good try. But too bad, Pete. <laughs> Back of the line. Maybe on another hundred years I might let you in. You've got to be about Jesus. You've got to be about the body of Christ. You've got to be about lifting each other up. And remember the message three weeks ago about carrying each other's burden. Because it's so, so important. Go to Romans chapter 13, verses 12 and 14. Almost there, almost there. Romans chapter 13, verses 12 to 14. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. We have to start doing that every day. And let us put on the armor of light. Well, what do you think the armor of light is? That's Christ Amen. that lives within you. Let us walk properly as a day and the day, not in rivalry and drunkenness, not in lawlessness, lawlessness, lust, not in strive and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. I love that. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. If there's any fancy shirt that you can put on, fancy suit, fancy blouse, whatever, put on the Lord Jesus Christ first before you put that on. And make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. That word is talking to you and I. Because we're constantly battling the flesh. Constantly. As to what we watch on TV, what we listen, what we do, how we speak to people. Do we speak in love? Even though we know if we don't tell them about Jesus, they're going like I was, Federal Express to hell. Okay? Church, we are in the ends of time. And we talked about this before so many times. The Word of God warns us to watch, be watchful, prayerful, and strong, and strong of courage. Because a greater pressure will bring great destruction in our homes, work, life, and even in churches. Christ has given us all his great power that comes through the spirit, his spirit, to stand up against the great oppressor and his disciples. Church, listen to this. We are not to make any provision for simple, sinful, oppressive things in our heart, home, and church. We're always to cast off any darkness that would include violence and other oppressive sins. 
Let's call it like it is. Oppressive sins. Uh, you know, <laughs> oppression is not a good word. No matter how you want to put it. You can use the word, well, they were oppressed against, you know, like almost pressing against the wall. But no. Again, be of great courage and stump on conversations at home, work in church, and gatherings that you may have that brings destructive evil thoughts against others. Defend the righteous. Defend the holy. Defend, de defend those that love Christ. Don't just keep quiet. Like some in jobs where they see people being oppressed. I, I got to tell you, I was sick to my stomach to see the way this lady would treat her staff. And I told the story from here before I close it with one more scripture. I was defending her staff and I was her second in command and I was the principal when she wasn't there for a great length of time. And do you know what? I didn't even have time to think how it would affect me. She could have probably had me fired, whatever. But I felt so sad to see the way she would speak to people that work under her, her staff. Do you know when I left, I got a whole bunch of emails sent to my personal email box. Would you ever think about coming back as a principal for real of the school? Of course, I could only say, I'm done. God has brought me into ministry full time and that's what I wanna do, but I will pray for you. And you know what, God, a year later, moved her on. And then came someone that was able to work with them and bless them. Last scripture of the night, Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Luke 4, 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. That's for all of you. To the poor. He has sent me to heal the, heart, the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. This is what they need to hear. And recovery of sight to the blind. And I love this last sentence. And to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Who do you think we deal with so much that comes in through these doors sometimes? Through, through these doors. Who do you think I deal with at the homeless shelter? There come a lot of folks come through that door that are oppressed. And they start believing the great oppressor that they're no good anymore. That God doesn't love them. And, and when they're finally delivered, whether it be me delivering the message that night or the other pastor, it is with great joy to see them break down and cry. And give God all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. Because they've been freed. They've been delivered by, 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 by the King of Kings and Lord of Lords Amen. against the great oppressor. Against the great oppressor. Oppression and the great oppressor can always be defeated through Jesus Christ. Because he has defeated that already. Amen. He has won. We know the end game. We know, we know who sits at the right hand of the Father. Our prayers are to be bold. Yeah, pray boldly. Don't be afraid to ask God.
Pray for those that are hurting. Pray for those that are being oppressed all over the world. Not only in Ukraine, all over the world. Amen. At churches. They're being oppressed in a way too because they're being lied in some churches. Thank God. Thank God this church. Jesus sits in this church every time because he's always welcome here. We never close the door on Jesus. He's always welcome here. Always welcome here. Praying for our loved ones, our church, and even those that invite the Spirit to oppress others. These folks must, we must continue to pray that Jesus Christ would deliver them, as I mentioned before. And in closing, let's not be afraid. And I know you've heard this so many times from all the ones that have come up here, wonderful preachers. Let's not be afraid to be, to be right. Don't be worried about being politically correct. You think it's going to be easy? It's going to get worse. It's going to get to a point that you're going to have to be so politically correct all the time. You're going to start believing in the garbage that you're saying to people. I'm sorry. I have to call it what it is. Amen. It is garbage. It has nothing to do with Jesus. Let's bow our heads and go to God. Father God, we thank you.